you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name's Colin the C. Joining me as ever is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. I'm surprised you're not gloating. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some gloating in a bit. I've got, I've got some gloating planned. <laughs> because once this podcast comes out, I will be officially one year older than you. Ah, I wasn't going to gloat about that, but um, I will. I will. I had some other gloating in mind, but um, yes, it's it's. Kind of, <laughs> there's so much to gloat. So little time. Um, well, I look for well, happy birthday, Zijan, um, for sometime in. I, I don't know when your birthday is. Sometime in the next few days. Sorry, man. It's okay. I got your birthday present. Have you? Already. Have you? Is it returning the DVD well, I lent you like two years ago? <laughs> no one watches Supergirl anymore. Colin. No, I, I stopped. It's, I stopped watching it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yes, as, as regular listeners to the podcast will know, I am a youthful uh, thirty-four. Whereas so am I Zijan, right uh, as he speaks, you can hear the you can hear the voice of a younger man <laughs> uh, through the ghosts of the internet. Because as as, as you hear this, he is thirty-five. <laughs> uh, if he's still with us, I don't know. It's uh, once you get to that age, Zijan, you need to what? Got to factor in the mortality risk, haven't you? What? You just went very dark. <laughs> yeah, so if if you die in the next few days, I will try not to put this podcast out. Um, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> or at least edit out this bit. Uh, today we are uh, recasting the X Men. Now we've done a few recasting. Usually, there's its own little segment, but this is our main topic today. Some people would say it's because we want to dig deep into the world of the X Men. Some people would say it's because no films being released and we're scrambling. Um, <laughs> you decide we're also doing a quiz on the films of Sofia Coppola we're talking about uh, Argo um, best picture Oscar winner from a few years ago and of course much much more, much more. but we start with the news Ejan do you want to hit us with some movie news yeah well you've mentioned that uh, earlier by saying that it's a very sad time for cinemas now mm. there's been lots of delays and a lot of pushback um, which is understandable uh, because the movie studios want to make in some money and Tenet, uh, unfortunately, uh, did not prove the naysayers wrong hmm. because I'm at this point in time, I'm pretty sure it's only it's actually making a loss. Uh, yeah, Tenet. Yeah. So um, the the biggest uh, delay which caused the collapse of at least cinema in the UK is the late the pushback of the latest Bond film, No Time to Die. It was due to come out in November, but now it's going to be scheduled to be released next April instead. For those who wants to see Dune, which was due mm. in December, it's now been postponed to October twenty twenty one. So, wow. pretty much ten year, uh, ten years, ten months, yeah. uh, ten months later, which is insane. Wow. And that's the Batman's release date as well. So okay, so that's been okay. the move. Soul, um, the Disney film that. It's supposed to come out in the end of the year is coming out but not in cinemas it will now be coming out on Disney Plus those of us who've got Disney Plus finally finally reaping the rewards finally something on Christmas see. Day yeah but it's very sad though like cinema has this the UK's largest movie chain has announced that it will close all locations in the UK the audience is only doing screenings on weekends now, and it's just—it's quite depressing, really. Yeah. So, Cineworld's not closed down. Closed down? Is it? I think, or has it? I don't know. It's just I, I, is it temporary. I, I. Well, we're hoping though, yeah. but it's—it's it's a difficult situation to be in because, uh, as much as I do empathize with movie studios, they are definitely making more money than cinemas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And without these blockbusters, cinemas will not attract anyone. So, but. 
I mean, it's, it's interesting because No Time to Die was the first one to move at the start of the pandemic, wasn't it? It was it was due, was it April or something like that? And, and they were the first ones to say, we're not doing this. And then when they pushed it back to November or thereabouts. Um, I mean, I can understand it because if, you, if you've put in all this money into this film and you think, well, if we put it out this year, we're making a loss. If we put it out next year, we're making a profit. I can see why they're doing it. And I, I've, you and I have been to the cinema. Well, I've, I've been three times. I guess you've been three times as well. Yep, and, and it's not been busy any of those times by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, in fairness, I didn't go at peak times, but it was very, I mean, very, very quiet. Uh, and I mean, these cinemas. So I saw that uh, all the Rocky films were going to be re-released. Uh, well, Rocky's one to four were going to be re-released in cinemas. I, I, I think that might even have been Cineworld, so that's not happening. But I think I, I love film. You love film, but there's there's no way I'm going to a cinema to watch a Rocky film. I don't think. Um, no. I mean, I've got the DVD, but I mean, in normal times, yeah, I'd probably go and watch a re-release of Rocky to see it on the big screen. But there's no way I'm going down the cinema for that now. Um, it's, it's it's really sad. Like, it's, cinema is a big, you know, cultural icon mm. of pretty much every country. You know, this, this where people group together. You see how people reacted to the Avengers Endgame in America. Yeah. People whooping. Yeah. It's, it's basically there's an atmosphere that is it's an event. And it's sad to see this event go. And I don't think watching at home, like the, the future is definitely going to be streaming services, but it can't replicate what makes a cinema great. So Yeah, and I'm, I'm scraping around for silver linings if there are any. I think maybe maybe this will mean more investment in kind of lower budget films. So if you had a film that cost 20 million, so they might be more likely to put that out because they don't need to fill that many seats. I don't know. But even though- I think Bill and Ted are... Uh, doing okay yeah and i say that's not an expensive film um and well, i don't know how much it costs but I don't, yeah certainly not to the level of, of bond or, or dune um and yeah i think i think it's unreasonable but uh yeah it's, it's the, the barren wasteland of cinema going seems to, to stretch on but yes yeah, good news for those of us who've got disney plus um so have you got disney plus season you haven't have you no, but if you're going to do a review of Soul, right. and I would want to watch Soul it, anyway. I, I'm sure you'd want to watch. This is this, this is what's going to get you in, is it? Yeah, it probably is. But I can just sub, sub, uh, subscribe for a month anyway, yeah. um, and then cancel it afterwards. So that's probably what I'll do. Because uh, so I'm still waiting for the. Apparently, we're getting um, uh, we're getting one division before the end of the year, so maybe that'll be worth it. Uh, well, it's time for some gloating, Zijan. Um, but more, uh, more what? gloating. What more? But you might disagree with me on this. So we'll say um, because you, Zijan, have maintained. You've laughed at me. You've mocked me um, for all those times I have claimed there is a live-action Spider-Verse uh, film coming. You've said no, Colin. Uh... This is your optimism. This is you're, you're you're putting things together that don't go together to to create <laughs> to create the future you want to see. And to that, Zijan, I say uh, two pieces of news this week that are just more. More pieces in the jigsaw. Um, <laughs> one of them is that Doctor Strange, um, obviously played by Benedict Cumberbatch, will be appearing in the next Spider-Man movie. Um, yep. Fresh off his movie, The Multiverse of Madness, directed by Sam Raimi, director of the Spider-Man trilogy. <laughs> but not only that, it's not only that 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 which which would be which would be another piece in the jigsaw, which would make me feel even more confident. But not only that, but. Jamie Foxx, Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, is back. He's back as Electro yes, yes. in the next Spider-Man. But He was definitely not the best thing of Spider-Man 2 either. Amazing Spider-Man 2 either. He's still back. Um, did you say he's still black? <laughs> no, he's still back. Well, interestingly, he will be black because um, he's, he apparently put on his when he, on Instagram, whatever it was, when he announced it, that he's not going to be blue in this one, which is interesting. Huh. Uh, so... 
in all in, in all seriousness, because this, this is a serious podcast, Adrian. We don't we don't engage in frivolity. We want cold hard facts. Uh, do you agree? Do you think this? Do you think this is the uh, the Spider Verse movie? I will say yes when Paul Giamatti signs the, <laughs> signs the dotted line. Oh boy, I can't see that happening. It's an interesting one because um, I had to check this, even though I've seen the film a couple of times. But because uh, as you say, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't the worst thing about it, I suppose, but he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't great. The best. Uh, he was fine, but uh, he, he was better than Green Goblin, but not as good as uh, Gwen Stacy, I think. But uh, anyhow, uh, he died in that film. The character. Did he? I can't remember. Now. Yeah, I couldn't remember. They kind of. I mean, it's probably one because he basically became electricity uh, at some point, and they they destroyed him, but probably in such a way that if you wanted to bring him back, you could. Yeah. But Unless there's a body, he's still alive. Yeah, but I don't know. So if we take if we if you'll 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 allow me Zijan, to assume for the moment that this is the same character from well at least allow me to assume that this is a Spider Verse type movie rather than they just happen to be casting him again are they going to say he's from an alternate version of Amazing Spider Man two are they going to say his character didn't actually die and it is the same character what do you think oh. or, is it just, or do you think it is just um, they're casting him with a character that's got nothing to do with Amazing Spider Man two well the thing is. The J. Jonah Jameson here, played by J.K. Simmons, mm. it's, you know, I, I think it just carried from, from the original Spider-Man series, right? So I, I, it could be that they're doing the same thing as J. Jonah Jameson as they did for Electro. Like, when, when J. Jonah Jameson came out, no one was thinking, oh, multiverse. No. no one was thinking, no. oh, welcome back. Well, I think you'll find I probably did say it, but that was, that's my, <laughs> I've been saying that about everything. So. I would love to see a multiverse, mm. Spider-Man multiverse. But the thing is, it's been, it's been done before and done really well in animated yeah. form. Um, so, I mean, the J.J. and James one's interesting because I think, I, th- I think I don't think that's the same character. I, I mean, it wouldn't make sense necessarily for it to be the same character because that means that both Spider-Man already exist in this universe. So I think it is a different version of that character and you i mean might even see both of them facing off who knows uh for this it seems strange to me that they would announce this i don't know whether it got leaked or what but they're kind of dripping it they're not saying toby Maguire signed on or but uh let's i mean if you're doing this you gotta you've got to bring in alfred molina surely get dr octopus in yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely although i mean he definitely died in spider-man 2 100 percent died but you could, if they're doing alternate versions of characters or something. But then on the other hand, and I thought about this quite a lot, I'm not sure I want alternate versions. I'm not sure I want to see an Alfred Molina Doc Ock who doesn't know anything about Spider-Man, for example. I think that'd be a bit of a waste. But anyway, I'm sure if this is what's happening, we'll find out more about it as the, as the casting ramps up. But uh, <laughs> they, they'd be mad if they weren't talking about this, because this is a hugely popular idea. Yeah, definitely. It's Sony, they'll at least be talking about the possibility. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Sony, you know, has so many ideas. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, so. what we really want to see is um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man facing off against uh, Jared Leto's Morbius, right? That's of course. A... Why? <laughs> Who wouldn't want to see that? <laughs> uh. I don't know. Jared Leto's agent, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of um, um, Spider-Man and um, Zendaya. Oh yes. Uh, she's up to play uh, Ronnie Spector in a biopic. Oh right. So I have no idea who Ronnie Spector is. Do you know who Ronnie Spector is? Wasn't she uh, the leading of the Ronettes who went on to yeah, marry Phil Spector? She is. How, I have no idea who, who they are either. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, so the girl group, but Phil Spector was a record producer who, and uh, let me pick my words carefully because I'm not sure what happened in court, 
he allegedly uh, I'm trying to remember whether he just threatened to murder people or actually did it <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah there are all sorts of I mean he was a very abusive uh, person if not like would make her sing at gunpoint uh, allegedly I'm saying allegedly because I don't know what the uh, what happened in court oh there you go he got, he got convicted of murder oh we're fine um yeah, he was played by Al Pacino in a, in a TV movie or TV series or something uh, a couple of years ago. Um, he also uh, produced the Beatles album Let It Be. Ah, I didn't know that. But, yeah, well, she. Well, this is one more biopic to add to the list of many, many biopics that are coming. So is this a biopic of... So is, is uh, you going to be the lead of this? Spectre. Yeah, Zendaya's going to play Ronnie okay. And at least Zendaya can sing, though. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because with, with all due respect to... To Ronnie Spector or to Ronnie Bennett, as I, I read she was, she's much better known as the wife of Phil Spector than as a musician <laughs> in her own right, I think. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like doing a Yoko Ono biopic without mentioning John Lennon. I think you have to, it's going to be a lot of Phil. Mm, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, research Phil Spector's age and you'll be in for a shock. Well, the, the wigs alone will amaze you okay um here's another biopic that's coming uh, although this one's not a singer biopic it's a director biopic or at least a direct uh, film i'm not sure how much it's going to be a biopic but it's uh, speaking of uh francis ford coppola as we were a couple of weeks ago uh, oscar isaac will be playing him in a film oh. called francis and the godfather about the making of the godfather hmm. uh jake gyllenhaal is going to be in it as well oh yeah yeah he plays uh, robert evans the producer for the film of the godfather and um like when i was doing my research on the quiz last week so i've not seen the godfather before but mm. there were a lot of issues between director and producers okay. of the film uh because um francis Ford coppola was afraid of being fired from the film there were quite a lot of squabbles um when it comes to the casting for the film yeah, uh yeah. lots of them uh coppola has famously fired 14 crew members in fear that they were undermining him by reporting to the studio as well oh wow yeah, it was really bad. So I can imagine they're going to. That's, that's where the drama that's comes where, from. That's in this where film. Be, yeah, yeah, that'd be fascinating. I, I, I think it's based on a book. I'm, I always think these things a bit. Oh, if because presumably they're going to have to have people playing Marlon Brando and Al Pacino uh, in the film. I always find actors playing other actors quite weird. But, um, you can get uh, uh, the. You can make Al Pacino younger. Just get Timothy Chalamet. Get him for everything. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet does look a bit like Al Pacino, to be fair. I mean, we did say he looked like Michael J. Fox a few weeks ago. <laughs> he looks like all of them. Yeah, I mean, if you, look, I mean, you saw Saving Mr. Banks, didn't you? But um, that was one where actors playing Julie Andrews and and Dick Van Dyke basically just appeared in the background of one scene, um, so they didn't need to, they didn't even speak. Um, so I don't know whether they'll do it like that, or whether uh, uh, we'll have bigger parts from. Uh, I'll watch that. <laughs> Cool. The something that I won't watch oh, right. um, is the Lion King two. Mm. It's happening. It is. Yep. It's being directed by uh, Barry Jenkins, who's most well known for Moonlight, which won the Oscar a couple of years back for Best Picture. Um, uh, the first Lion King live action film made a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, one point six five billion, and no surprises <laughs> that the Lion King two is happening. But the main question is. Does the Lion King 2 follow the Lion King 2, the Pride of Simba, 
the direct to <laughs> mm. the direct Simba's to Pride, Simba, I think. But, uh, Simba's Pride, yeah. Direct to TV uh, movie sequel of the animated version. Um, or will it be a standalone story? Who knows? I didn't care for the first film. Uh, like no, film. no, we did a podcast on it, so you can go back and listen to it if you want to. But yes, uh, I, I think we we're in, in agreement. It looked great, but was pretty soulless. Lacking in heart, yeah. Uh, unlike Dis- uh, Christmas Day for me on Disney Plus, um, which will be very. <laughs> Uh, soulful yeah it's interesting well, this, this reminded me a bit of when Andy Serkis was lined up to do uh, Venom 2 or even when David Fincher was lined up to do uh, World War Z 2 you think these are good directors who were doing sequels to films that no one really liked because <laughs> um, um, even though you say it made 1.65 billion dollars it was mostly from people just I think just curious to see what it looked like. I, I've not heard anyone who who actually liked Lion King. No, uh, I saw an infographic recently, uh, which shows the ratings between the animated Disney films and the live action Disney films. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can see it's just a gap. Obviously, live action Disney films all perform poorly compared to their animated counterparts. All right. and the most recent one, Mulan, was. Mm. was very unfavorably reviewed not well received yeah. no I, I've given up on the live action films from Disney oh. like they're ruining my childhood you've heard it here uh, people Zidane's childhood may have been slightly uh, longer ago than mine but it's been ruined it's been ruined by Disney um, by a month Colin <laughs> uh, apparently this is the, the rumours are this one's going to be a kind of a prequel or maybe a, a prequel slash sequel uh, but it's an interesting choice I mean I, I've not seen Moonlight I know you have um Barry Jenkins, as far as I'm aware, is not a man who has um, done much in the world of CGI, whereas John Favreau very much was. He did Jungle Book and he did, obviously, Iron Man. So it's quite an interesting choice. Um, I'm still not going to see it. Uh, although I, I've never seen uh, Simba's Pride. Is it, is it any good? Uh, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, most animated sequels are pretty poor. Yeah. I think this is one of the better ones. Okay. I um, that way. <laughs> Is it on Disney Plus? That's the question. Maybe it is. I'll go and have a look. Watch the Empress New Groove first, Colin. Oh, yeah. It's on my list. It's on my list. That, that should always be top of any animated series you watch. Top of any animated series is the <laughs> Really? Yeah. It's, wow. It's good fun. Like, okay. Right. Uh, here's some news that's not very exciting. Uh, Billy Crudup is in talks uh, to return for Flashpoint as, as, uh, as Barry Allen's dad, Henry Allen, I think. What? Was he in the original film? He was. And the no Justice League film? He was, yes. No one noticed. But he was. He was there in prison. He had one scene where he was like, Go on, Barry, you're great. If only you were a bit faster or something. Yep, definitely not exciting news at all. No. I, was, I skipped over the news that um, the guy who plays Ned and Flash, the guys who play Ned and Flash, are coming back for uh, the new Spider-Man film. I was like, yeah, we kind of figured that out. Oh. It was. We didn't think the guy who played Ned was fending off too many offers. Harsh. I mean, he's fine. He's good. Joseph Batalon, wasn't it? Mm. He was funny Harsh. in interviews, but come on. <laughs> he is funny in interviews. He's not like he's going to be like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not doing Spider-Man 3. I'm doing my own stuff. Mm. Sorry, Joseph. Uh, last bit of news I have is that uh, Zac Efron has a lead role in Firestarter. What's Firestarter? That's the Stephen King... Uh, film uh, Stephen King book turned to film the original one was uh, played by a young Drew Barrymore wait a minute Drew Barrymore's a girl Drew Barrymore's a girl no the fire starter is a little girl so Zac Efron's not playing that character Zac Efron's going to play the father no. most likely going to play the father of Zac the Efron's films. playing a father oh, I know right goodness me I feel old I mean not as old as you but still old oh. 
I can't let them go, Jason. I can't let them go. Yeah, you really should have mentioned this. I expect <laughs> my present to compensate for this, Colin. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yes, it will. Yes, you it have will. my address anyway, so you know why. I do have your address. Mm-hmm. I gave you that um, pop filter. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, okay, cool. Um, the Stephen King adaptations, I mean, it people loved, and Dark Tower people hated. So, yep. you know. <laughs> Pet Cemetery people. Oh, yeah, I forgot that came out. Yeah, it was quite. Uh, people just there, forgot. There were quite a few uh, Stephen King's um, films late recently. Um, hmm. There's a resurgence. So Stranger Things, I say. That's what it did it. Yeah, probably true. Uh, I've got a few things, mostly small. So, uh, Robert Downey Jr. apparently wants a Sherlock Holmes cinematic universe, which doesn't seem like a great idea because <sighs> Sherlock Holmes films without Sherlock Holmes in them aren't. No one really cares for. No, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen Enola Holmes yet. Um, I have. We can yeah. talk about it to see or not to that. Okay. I mean, I did last time. I still agree with what I said last time. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Um, uh, Sister Act 3 apparently is happening. Uh, I've not seen the first two, but there you go. Some people will be excited to hear that. Yeah. Um, two surprising pieces of news, at least one of which I think probably won't happen now. Um, Alita Battle Angel is coming back to cinemas. Uh, oh really? I mentioned this because this James Cameron put this out on Instagram or Twitter or something. Uh, what a weird choice! That's it. That's why I mentioned it because it's such a strange choice. It's not a bad film by any means. I just didn't like the ending of the film a lot. Well, I say I, I I've not seen it, but that puts me in the majority. All, audiences just weren't interested, were they? So it's like if if people weren't going to go and see this in normal times. I mean, maybe maybe they're hoping that by being the only film in cinemas, they'll get audiences, and I don't know. But such a strange choice. Hmm. Bizarre. Um, What's the next bit of news? The next bit of news uh, is my favourite bit of news of the uh, of the episode. Um, are you familiar, Zijan, with Slinkies? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. I- oh, no. <laughs> We're getting a Slinky movie. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, this is obviously after the Settlers of Catan movie that we're going to get. And where's this Tetris trilogy? I keep I keep wanting to know where the Tetris trilogy is. Uh, but yeah, Slinky. They walk downstairs alone or in pairs, as this as the uh, the, the, the jingle went. Apparently, um, it's a bit of plastic or sometimes a bit of metal uh, that goes downstairs. Or in my experience, pretty much always goes down like one stair then rolls over yep that's pretty much it um, my experience is slinky as well and they get stuck and then you <laughs> had spent a lot of time trying mm. to unravel them so I don't have any details on this film because um, what details could there possibly be but there you go that's happening there's a slinky movie um, e- <laughs> the time will come Zijan when we are begging for the slinky movie you see no films would have been released for a full year Bond will be okay. pushed back to 2027 and the only film out will be the Slinky movie, and we'll go to it, and we'll watch that bit of plastic go down some stairs. <laughs> then we'll record an hour of our thoughts on it. <laughs> uh, a day now will come. <laughs> uh, that'll do for news then, um, because there literally can be no more news after that. Um, oh. So we'll move on to our next segment to see or not to Z, where we tell you about films we have seen, and whether you should see them or not Z them. Uh, and Zijan, it sounds like you have been watching Enola Holmes. I am watching Nola Holmes. Uh, and yeah, it's just, yeah, well, you've done all the explanation in the last podcast anyway, so I don't have to go into details about sure. it. It's based on Sherlock Holmes' younger, unknown sister. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty good fun caper on Netflix. Uh, 
I I didn't see the you know hardcore feminist stances that uh, you mentioned before. Okay. Yeah, I thought they were far more subtle than that. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I enjoyed it. I thought uh, yeah, I I will watch the sequel of it if it okay. came out. Yeah, that's it. I think I'd watch it if if I knew there was going to be more Henry Cavill in it, um, which it sounds like maybe there will be. But I'd I'd like to see more of Sherlock. I think. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, there you go. So sh- you're, you're saying our, our, our listeners yeah, should, yeah, should watch it. it. Yeah. What yeah. else do you have to do now anyway? Um, I, I'm spending most of my time just doing fan art for the Slinky movie. That's, uh, that's, that's filling up my time. Um, yeah, I, said, I, think I, I, think, I can't remember what, exactly what I said, but I, I think I said, yeah, it's on Netflix, give it a try, but don't expect to be too blown away. Uh, I saw a film called Big Night, um, which I think was recommended by Frowdy. Uh, so it's a 1996 film starring Stanley Tucci. It was kind of um, one of his uh, bigger things. I think it got, got him started uh, to a certain extent, although not. It was obviously pre-Devil Wears Prada, which was a big break for him as well. Uh, it's about two Italian brothers in America. And they own an Italian restaurant, and it's not doing very well. They make this beautiful, oh, well, particularly Stanley, the, the the brother, um, Stanley Tucci's brother, makes like this phenomenal genius level food, but the Americans do not appreciate it. So you get this okay. early scene where it's an American couple like, just give me spaghetti and meatballs and stuff. Um, and across the road, there's this very popular Italian restaurant um, run by the late, great uh, Ian Holm, uh-huh. um, playing Italian, uh, which basically does the American style stuff. So I think it's set in the 50s or 60s or something, which wasn't very obvious. I just assumed it was 1996, to be honest. Because then with the internet, that makes sense. Uh, anyway, and the big night is that Ian Holm's character arranges for this famous singer to come to the... To, the brother's restaurant um so i to put them on the map uh i have a slight tale of woes Eugen, okay uh, in that I, this has been on my netflix list for absolutely ages yeah and i finally got around to watching it uh on the last day of september uh-huh. and uh it was quite late i got through uh, most of it I had about 40 minutes left and i thought i'll finish it tomorrow and then it got taken off netflix um, <laughs> So I had to pay two pound forty nine to Amazon to watch it. The rest of it. <laughs> so that was um, that was frustrating because it's it's, very, it's not easy to lay your hands on actually um, in terms of DVD. But yeah, uh-huh. it's really good. It's really good. Um, Stanley Tucci is great. There's a is, uh, the, the cast is great. Me Driver is in it. It's it's um the I'm not really I'm not a foodie, but uh, but the food looks phenomenal. Um, <laughs> very hungry. Uh, but yeah, it's really really nice uh, sweet little film, uh, and I recommend. Uh, checking out if you can't it's a shame that you can't see on Netflix but maybe it will be back Hmm. you never Uh, will so yeah thank you Frowdy for recommending that one Uh, um, because we were doing this um, thing on Twitter where it was like a 30 day film challenge and one of them was a film by a local director and uh, he discovered that Stanley Tucci lives in somewhere near him and Stanley Tucci uh, co-directed this one I think it might be the last time he directed anything I'm not sure oh um, wow I wonder why I put Stanley Tucci off directing yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll be back. I say, yeah, he and Campbell Scott co-directed it, so maybe he just doesn't want to take it all by himself. But. Yeah. Right, here we go then. The main segment time. It's X Men time, Zijan. Um, we are recasting uh, some assortment of X Men, uh, and most of our recasting uh, we've done does not really mean much. When we recast, for example, Casablanca or, or Back to the Future. Um, no one's going to remember those, but Disney is uh, almost certainly uh, going to be making some X Men films. Of course they are. Uh, and so they could be listening to Azizan with a notebook and pen in hand, thinking, who who should we get into our movies? Now, usually when we do this, I put out requests on Facebook and stuff, which I did do, uh, and no one, one person responded just to say he didn't like the uh, 
the Dark Phoenix cast. Yep. Uh, which thanks, John. Uh, neither did we really. But there you no, go. not really. Uh, I was I was telling you or via Facebook messaging that mm. it's very very hard to do any recasting when the movies are still so new. The past recastings we've done, we've done it on Groundhog Day and Back to the Future, and those are really old films. Um, well, so they're not that old. Older than this. We are the same age as Back to the Future. Um, yes. Are you saying we're really old here? Yes, Colin. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's fair. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's much easier to do that, especially since, um, you know, the, like it's quite easy to recast those. Whereas now, like Jennifer Lawrence, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, they're still doing producing films. And, you know, Dark Phoenix only came out, was it last year? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's still very new. So it was very, very difficult to come up with this is the, uh, fresh new ideas. This is um, what uh, our friends at Disney are struggling with. I'm not surprised. Mm. I'm very, very not surprised. Especially since there are some characters themselves who are so iconically played. Um, I'm yeah. going to mention Wolverine. Obviously. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman is, is Wolverine. And mm. he's, been, he's played Wolverine in so many films already that it's... it's it's going to be almost nigh on impossible to recast Wolverine and do him any justice without, you know, being compared with what Hugh Jackman did with that. And this character. is the, the difficulty they're going to have because I've not read the X Men comics. I, um, I, I guess you probably read a few, but um, so my my understanding of these characters comes from the movies, really. So I'm just when I was doing this recasting, I was kind of thinking, oh, who would do a similar job or similar type ah. type type of character? Maybe not the same job, but um, whereas I. Um, yeah, if you read the comics, then you might have a completely different idea of what Wolverine yep. is like and stuff. So that'd that, be interesting. Uh, that's yeah. basically yeah. I, I came in more from a comics point of view because cool. like cool. I couldn't, I couldn't do this on a <laughs> film level because it was so difficult. It really was. So I, I based it on. I'm going to say it right now when I did this X Men recasting, uh, I was choosing characters for um, characters in a Joss Whedon oh, X Men yeah. comic, X-Men. The, uh, the Astonishing X Men. So he did Uncanny. Did you do Astonishing? Okay. No, he did Astonishing X-Men comic series. Uh, and these are, and mostly are the unused characters which we have not seen in previous ah, films. Ah, cool. Uh, that's the thing because we've seen two iterations of Professor X and Magneto and they're both pretty decent. We've seen two iterations of Mystic and I, I cannot be bothered with Mystic anymore to be fair. Fair enough. So like, I would rather let the the lesser cast, the, the lesser well-known characters shine. Like when we saw New Mutants, we, we were reasonably mm. impressed by that even though those characters were relatively unknown because you know it's good to see something new for once and i think that's probably where they will go with it just because of audience fatigue but um so we're taking different approaches because i don't know the comics so i haven't oh. or, and I, I never watched the cartoon series which i know is a lot, a lot of people's um entry into this so do you want to kick us off yeah yeah so the first character that i really want to see recasted is cyclops okay so cyclops was a non-entity in the first uh, three X Men films. He was hardly in the last X Men well, film. Didn't he, he died. Die in the second one? Or did he die in the third one? He died in the third one while kissing Jean Grey. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was doing some of the film, wasn't it? Was it fact? Was it Superman Returns? He was doing James so Marsden. Yeah, yeah. So no, he, well, I think he was doing Superman Returns around the same time. So he, he couldn't he couldn't be around for filming much of X Men Three. I mean, Cyclops is the de facto leader of the team. <laughs> like right. when, when when Professor X isn't there, he he is like the basically the leader of the team, and to see him being relegated to such a role, it's quite it's doing his character a disservice. I don't even know who played him in the Days of Future Plus series. I can't remember his name. Oh, That's that, bad. yeah, the kid, yeah, yeah, he was there. 
I know I've he was there. I've seen him in one. Wasn't he the kid from uh, Ready Player One? That's the thing. No anyway, knows. yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I'd just say James Marsden. I, I always find a, a very capable but very bland actor. Um, so I, I, he's never stood out to me in any part. I don't think. Uh, and certainly not a cyclops. So who have you gone for? Slightly more controversial. Okay. I've gone for Henry Golding. No. Yes. You know who I've gone for? Who? Henry Golding. Nice. Well that's, done. That's that's very weird, isn't it? That's very odd, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. This I'm 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 astonished because I, I don't think I don't think there's been any kind of fan petitions or anything to get Henry Golding, has there? No, I that's think weird. So. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Wow. But I think Henry Golding can pull it off. He's an up and coming actor. Uh, obviously most well known for Crazy Rich Asians but he's been in other films since then like Last Christmas with uh, Emilia Clark. he's a rising uh, leading man he was in uh, The Gentleman uh, yes. which I saw earlier this year hmm. yeah and he has uh, the chiseled uh, chin which you need to pull off when you hmm. play Cyclops because you can't see the, their eyes <laughs> yes yes maybe that's, maybe that's what I was drawn to was the chin I don't know. Oh. Uh, yeah he's a uh, he's a very very good actor so, yeah, I'm um uh, many people appreciate his his, his rugged good looks. Uh, he, I say, he, a little bit controversial because we've changed the ethnicity, but um, why not? I say, mm. why not? Uh, if you, the the original X Men was not uh, Halle Berry aside, was not uh, overwhelmed with ethnic diversity. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm still a little bit shell shocked that we've, uh, <laughs> but but that's I mean that's definitive now, isn't it? We've two, it is. we've, we've both said it, so it's got to be. It's got to happen. Um, I when I was doing this because I, I have recast basically the ones who were in the original trilogy. Yep. Um, I decided to write down the ages uh, of these people now and the ages they were uh, in the original films just to compare. Um, just, yep. just basically, so I was hitting around the right time. So um, uh, Henry Golding is thirty-three, uh, a bit older than I thought, um, and James Marsden was twenty-seven at the time. So, uh, rough, yeah, as as a thirty-four-year-old, I'd say that's about the same. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great um, now the reason I'm in, well, part of the reason I went for, for Henry Golding I mean for all the things we just said but also I, I was thinking of Jean Grey yeah. and I thought this could be a role for Amelia Clark. Uh, and I thought well, we know she works with uh, Henry Golding because of Last Christmas which I've not seen but people seem to maybe like it I don't know Amelia um, Clark, I think is, is is a fine actor she's, she's used to sci-fi fantasy type stuff I think she would do this kind of she's used to having playing a character with with significant power and and not necessarily having mastery over it. Uh, so I think it's good work for her. Can I see Emilia Clark as a ginger? Um, I'm trying to think. Yes, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm trying to think whether Emilia Clark has ever done anything with a red hair. What, isn't that a film with... Um, oh, that one about the guy who was in a wheelchair. Me Before You. What was that, What heck did she have in that? I have no idea. But then she'll be uh, another Games of Thrones actor who will play uh, Jean Grey then. Was Funky Janssen in... Uh... Nope, Sophie Turner is... Oh, the... Sophie Turner. Um, I've Googled Amelia Clark red hair, which um, is... Shows uh, it seems to just be fan pictures of her changing her hair colour. Um, so I don't think she ever has had. But um, there were rumours that she was going to be taking over the role of uh, whatever the character is called. Mira? In, in Aquaman. Uh, the, uh, um, the red hat one the amber heard roll yeah um, so uh, I guess she, they, that's why there's a picture of her with red hair and ah. scales in, on okay. the internet 
So, yeah. like, I, I don't have a Jean Grey casting in mind because I'm a bit sick and tired of Jean Grey. She was okay. the main character in two of the past X-Men films. Uh, uh, I guess she was, sort of. Uh, she was uh, X3. I mean, she was the title character in the last one, but... Dark Phoenix, yeah. I'm a yeah. bit tired of her anyway. So, I've gone down one of Cyclops' other lovers, oh, yeah. which is Emma Frost. Okay, we've seen a couple of Emma Frost, haven't we? We had um, uh, in, in uh, Days of Future Past and in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yep, one played by January Jones and one was, um, no, yeah. Someone else. Someone else, yep. Yep, cool. Exactly. Uh, and I, I love the Emma Frost character in the comics because she was a baddie turned good. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always a lot of conflict on people not knowing where her loyalties actually lie. Um, so I, I always like that. And she's, she always has this very cold characteristic, like she doesn't care. Like cool as diamond, because she turns into diamond. So that's why they were going nice. with as well. Cool as diamond, yep, cool. Yeah, very, very, very cold persona. But, you know, down, deep down she really cares, but it's just she's just very cold. So I... I mean, her name's Frost. It's, uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what they're going with. Their yeah, comic books are not very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've gone for Jodie Comer. All right, of Killing Eve fame. Of Killing Eve fame, yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. She can play a Stone Cold assassin in Killing Eve. She can play a Stone Cold Emma Frost. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I've not seen her in anything, I don't think. But, but she's, a, she's a great master of accents, though. Have you seen Killing Eve? Oh, yes. Okay. No, she doesn't. Because she's... Is she Liverpudlian? She is Liverpudlian, mm, yeah. Because I saw on a, on a talk to her in like, The American Guest and I'm clear what she was saying. It's almost, almost my favourite part of a, of a chat show is when the Americans can't understand the British guests. So. Always fun. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Um, I didn't say Amelia Clark is thirty-three as opposed to Famke Janssen was thirty-six. There you go. Um, now, part of the difficulty of doing this has been not choosing actors who are already in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yes. Because there's so many. Indeed, there was one. I had Michael Stuhlberg at one point from the characters, and then looks like apparently he's in Doctor Strange, which I have no recollection of. But there you go. Um, now I have cast a Wolverine. Have you? I have, and I'm very pleased with this casting. Huh. Except they've kind of played a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it's Charlie it's Cox. Circus. It's Charlie Cox. Oh, it's um, Charlie Cox. Who I think would make a great Wolverine. Uh, he's short. <laughs> <laughs> he's, well, I say short. he's five foot eight. But he's he's definitely shorter than Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Doesn't uh, Hugh Jackman is massive. But obviously, um, obviously he's Daredevil. Um, and there's a open question as to where those like Defenders TV series fit into the Marvel Universe these days and I think if we're going multiverse they'll probably be shoveled off into a different universe but anyway uh, we've seen obviously in Daredevil he can he can have a proper scrap he's got that kind of uh, kind of uh, little half smile that, uh, oh. that I think is very winning uh, I could see him I say in this um, love triangle with Henry Golding and Amelia Clark in my in my recasting uh, what what do you think about Charlie Cox? No, no I think it's a very good idea, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, I think I think so too. Uh, he's hairy enough as well to play. Wolverine. He is hairy. That's true. Yeah, yeah uh, I did Google to see because a lot of a lot of fan casting, obviously, for these things. I did Google to see if anyone had uh, had mocked up Charlie Cox as Wolverine, and they it's not out there. So, uh, um, so no one else is is clamoring for this. No, no, no. I, I think that would work. I think that would work quite well. I do like Charlie Cox in Daredevil a lot. I think he's one of the main reasons why Dado the series is really good. 
Um, and I love him in Stardust as well. Yeah, I actually was, it's weird. I, I thought of Stardust before I thought of Daredevil when I was um when I was thinking of it. Yeah. Ooh, well, who knows, the, right? I'm just googling uh, Henry Golding Cyclops, and others have got there before us. Uh, so we're not the first to have thought of that one, unsurprisingly. But, um, huh. Well, so there is a Wolverine uh, Astonishing X-Men series by Joss Whedon as well. So I have cast a Wolverine oh, okay. as well. Oh, I'm interested. Oh, sorry, by the way, uh, Charlie Cox, 37, compared to uh, Hugh Jackman, who was 32 when uh, these things started. Hmm. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So, uh, as mentioned before, that I don't think casting, you know, I think casting Wolverine is a very difficult job because Hugh Jackman did a really, really Such good, good job, job. Yeah. in it. Yeah. So, it's very difficult. So, I went on a different take. I went on a more X-23 take. So, a female Wolverine. A female Wolverine. You oh. you are looking to be uh, to be in the centre of a Twitter storm, aren't you, DJ? Oh, I will be. <laughs> well, it will just be like X-23, right? Basically. That's true. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So, it, instead of having a Wolverine, it will just be... You know, an X twenty three, and I uh, I've casted Sofia Butella. Who's that? She is the mummy in the Mummy. Okay, your favorite film. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I could see that. You can, right? Yeah. She's she's uh, she can certainly play uh, angry. Yes. <laughs> um, and and powerful. Yeah, I I'm intrigued by the concept of a female Wolverine. Um, I think it's just very difficult to recast Wolverine in general. It's so difficult. I think you need someone with huge personality. But yeah, I, I, my suspicion is when Marvel do it, they just won't put Wolverine in. Yeah, I think so too. At least yeah. not at first. Unless they're going to try... So, I mean, I, I know I'm pushing my Charlie Cox theory, but um, or preference, but whether they're going to try and... Re, you know, like they talk about, oh, maybe Shuri could be the new Iron Man or something like that. Whether they'll actually say, okay, this character is now this character. Daredevil is now Wolverine. I think they wouldn't do that, but... Uh, Maybe they will. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'd quite like to see a, a Charlie Cox Daredevil and Charlie Cox Wolverine facing <laughs> up against each other. I could, uh, that'd be intrigued. Be uh, there is one more person that I'll come on to that, I, I've, that is already sort of in the MCU, but everyone else I've kept separate. Um, I'm trying to work out whether I should leave my good ones to the end. Up <laughs> to you. Because there's some here that aren't great. Let's do Storm. So Storm I found difficult. I, I think Storm is really underserved in the in the film so Halle Berry is like up in, I think it's X2 where she and maybe three she and Hugh Jackman are kind of both of their names above the title which is ridiculous from the story point of view because it's a Wolverine story that Storm is barely in but from an actor point of view she won an Oscar she was huge and she got so little to do that you, so little that in fact that you can watch it a few times before realising that she was doing an accent for at least one of them yeah well a very bad accent yeah so I've gone for uh, Emmy Raver Lampman, um, who I must confess I didn't know her name, but she is uh, Alison uh, in the Umbrella Academy. Oh. If you've seen the Umbrella Academy? Yeah, I have seen oh. the Umbrella Academy. Um, so I'm going a little bit in terms of picking someone who already plays a superhero character and something. Uh, but whilst, whilst we've recast agendas and, and races, I'm, I'm still keeping Storm as a, as a black woman. Uh, and I'm not convinced that her acting actually is, is as good as uh, some of the people on that show. But I think for her, her presence and uh, and the kind of, the, particularly when she's in the more powerful mode, I think she does a great job. So I would like to see her do, give that a whirl. Um, she, apparently she's 33 compared to Halle Berry, who's 34. So there you go. Huh. 
Interesting. So, Storm was difficult for me as well. Mm-hmm. I, I do totally agree with you on the part that she was underserved in all the films. Even the new ones as well. Um, and it's very difficult because like, I know who I want to play her, but she's she's already in a Marvel film. Oh, okay. Is it Tessa Thompson? Uh, no. <laughs> I want uh, Danai Gurira. Okay. Who plays Okoye yeah. in the Marvel films. So, the thing is, Storm is an African goddess. Yes. Back then. And she was once married to Black Panther as well in the comic book series. Oh, really? So, she, she has a regality that, you know, needs to be captured and and it has never been there, you know, because mm. she was once treated as a goddess. She brought rain down to, on the plains of Africa, like mm. the song goes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, you know, I know that Dana Grira had that kind of composure as Okoye in the in the Marvel book and the Marvel MCU, mm. which I thought would be very good, which is a shame because I thought she would be very good in it as well. Uh, barring yeah, that, great. I think yeah, yeah. Cynthia Arrivo is also on my list. Ooh, that's a good shout. Yeah. yeah let's, let's I, I go, love Cynthia Arrivo. Let's go with that. That's a good one. No, she, yeah. I mean, she's got a great singing voice. I'm not sure how we utilize that. <laughs> X-Men the musical <laughs> well yeah I love Cynthia very well too yeah you know in fact Lupita Nyong'o who again is already in uh, Black Panther it's a shame because I think she's done a good job and she does nothing in Black Panther really no oh uh, well uh, yeah no yours is better let's go with yours hmm. um, right I've also recast um, Professor X which I found very difficult to do well, as I say, I find it difficult to do. Mark Strong was the obvious choice. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't go with it, but I did go with another. To, you know the comics. How important is it that Professor X is English or British? Not is that, really. Is that the main part of his character? I don't think so. No? Good, because yeah. I've gone for Stanley Tucci. Um, basically, <laughs> I can see where you're going with this custom Basically, choice. I just thought, who's bottled? <laughs> um, and Stanley Tucci is bold much of the time. Um, and he's got that twinkle in his eye that probably more so than, than Patrick Stewart. Uh, he, he's now, so he is uh, 59 compared to Patrick Stewart who was 60 at the time. So he's, he's kind of, uh, feels he's got that, that older um, gravitas as well. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Stanley Tucci. I think he's a great actor. So I would love to see him as the new Professor X. Oh. Uh, I've also casted Professor X even though I think that so all this talk about how you're not casting the ones who are already in the films well I, the thing is I put that in just in case we have to talk okay, about them cool. so I did put some thought into casting Professor X even though I hope they're like a minimal or not even exist in this film yeah. but if I were if there were to be a Professor X out there I think Brian Cranston would, would do a good job okay. yeah, I can, again we're going we're going bold actors aren't we he's not bold well he is in Breaking Bad yeah, in Breaking Bad, but yes. not all the time. I mean, in fairness, a lot of people can't pull off shaven headed. You need to go for actors who've already proven they can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, James McAvoy hadn't done it, I suppose. No. Anyway. Yeah, we'll come on to talking about Argo in a bit, but that was obviously made in a time where Brian Cranston was in everything for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got the comedy background as well. I, I always think Professor X should have a bit of a, a, bit of a smile. Well, I hope they don't show Professor X and Magneto again. Like, come on, there's been like six films of them. But had they had Magneto played by Piers Brosnan? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I like that. I haven't. I think that would work. And also, um, the, the Michael Fassbender being Irish uh, is a little bit of an Irish theme going on. But I think again, he's a. It's, it's kind of nicely casting against type to have a Bond character playing a villain. Or oh, I say villain, Magnet is more complex than that. But uh, you know what I mean. Uh, again, he is uh, older. In fact, he's sixty-seven compared to uh, uh, Ian McKellen, who is sixty-one. But uh, yeah, I think he, he's. Um, he could play this kind of. Um, power hungry um slightly amoral character but i think his bond was quite amoral in fact he was he was more vicious and more willing to kill someone than uh in cold blood than than some of them are mm. oh. so yeah oh, i'm happy with them uh, i have a magneto as well i've got gary Oldman. gary Oldman has he not been in the mcu has he he's been in dc universe dc i guess i'm thinking that yeah no I, he feels like someone who would have been but um yeah, um, he would be. I just say, I was gonna say he'd be chewing the scenery a bit more, but he um, he was very toned down for Dark Knight, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. But, uh, some of the stuff he's done has been very over the top. So interesting to see where he where he land with that. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope there's no Professor X in it anyway. So no. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be bothered with trying to justify too much about it. <laughs> How many roles do you think there are where uh, Pierce Brosnan and Gary Oldman are competing to get it? It can't, can't happen very often. The anti astonishing X Men as well, which I'm going to finish with uh, okay. a few more. Sure. So Kitty Pride is in the Astonishing X Men. Mm. Isn't uh, she quite she, a, quite the main character in that? She was the main character in uh, Astonishing X Men. Quite. Mm. Yeah, she was one of the ones who don't trust Emma Frost at all. Okay. Uh, so she's the basically the counterbalance for Emma Frost. Um, Emma Frost hired her to come to teach in the school to be basically be her counterpoint because she knows how bad she uh, Emma could be. Okay. And uh, Kitty Pryde was played by uh, Ellen Page. Yes. In fact, she was played uh, by three different actors at different times. She was, but, um, yeah. Uh, this is an actress that I know you like. I've okay. chosen Hayley Steinfeld as Kitty Pryde. Interesting. Um, so I've got Hayley Steinfeld on my list as well, actually, but not for Kitty Pryde. Um, this is, I think she's a fantastic actress. She is either definitively or very likely going to be playing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. Oh, is she? Wow. Um, so I'm not sure if that's completely signed on the dotted line yet, but that's that's been coming up for some time. And I think you don't get her to do that unless you're going to put her in movies as well. So, I mean, I have included her, but um, but I think she's already in Abda role. Hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, but, but yeah, no, she'd be a good Kitty Pride. Hmm. I think I thought so too. Um, I've got her for Rogue. Hmm. Um, I'm wondering... I found it very quite difficult because I'm not sure how... So Hayley Stanfield's 23, uh, and uh, Anna Packham was only 18 in the first uh, X-Men. Really? Yeah. yeah. For already how had, young she Already was. had an Oscar at that point. But, uh, yeah. Um, uh, I really love Rogue in the X-Men things, in the X-Men film. I was just saying that she got kind of um, a little bit sidelined after the first one. But, <laughs> so everyone else is, apart from Logan. As everyone is, that's true. Uh, but I think Hayley Steinfeld, I partly chose Hayley Steinfeld though, I, I think she'd be fantastic. Uh, but I partly chose it because for my Iceman, I've gone for Hayden Sieto, who I, I don't want to expect you to have heard of, except he played Erwin Kim in uh, Age of 17. Uh, so I want to I want to reunite Hayley Steinfeld. Aww, and, uh, and Erwin, so cute. Uh, as, um, as Iceman and Rogue. Uh, yeah, in the comics, uh, Iceman is gay. Oh, is he? Okay. Yes. Oh, well. Um, I'm thinking of the right person. This is Bobby, right? It's Bobby, yeah, Bobby. Yeah, okay. What surprised me to learn is that this character, Hayden, or the actor Hayden, uh, is uh, he's 35 years old. 
Really? Which means that when he was playing uh, her boyfriend or love interest in, in as a 17-year-old, he was 31. Wow. We really don't age, Asians. <laughs> you too, Zijana, are a 35-year-old uh, Asian. Um, <laughs> I can pass off as a 17-year-old <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, have you... I'm surprised you haven't cast yourself in this summer, Zijan. Which which X Man would you want to be? We already have a Malaysian in the cast. You don't need two of them. Okay, fine. <laughs> That's all right. Um, uh, that'll, that'll do. I did have. I, I I also put in John Cena to play Juggernaut because I thought let's have uh, some, let's have someone who's better than Vinnie Jones. <laughs> I have uh, Tom Hopper playing Colossus. Who's Tom Hopper? The director. From, oh, Tom no, Hooper. Tom Hopper, as in. Uh, the guy from Umbrella Academy as well. Number one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that works. He's big. Yeah, he is big. Probably yeah. not as big as he looks in Umbrella Academy, but still pretty big. Yeah. Cool. Well, we did it. We recast... Uh, do you have got any more? Uh, very difficult, but yeah, we've done it. We did it. Um, we started off with uh, having Henry Golding uh, for Cyclops for both of us, so I think that's definitive. I think that'll work, though. I think that'll work really I mean, well. That'd be very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think we've I think we've nailed this. Actually. I think it was a difficult task we set ourselves, and we've we've put out a good cast there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we move on then to look back in Oscar, a segment where we look at a film that has won Best Picture, and talk about it. And this time it was Argo. Zijan. Yeah, this is my first time watching it. I think we've seen this before, right, Colin? I've seen it a few times, yeah, but I did watch yeah. it again this week. Yeah. So uh, Argo, directed by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck, uh, <laughs> Brian Cranston, <laughs> and John Goodman. Uh, it's adapted from a book by the USCIA operative Tony Mendes, where Mon- Mendes led the rescue of six US diplomats from Iran under the guise of filming a science fiction film. It won Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Film Editing in that Oscars, and it was notorious for snubbing Ben Affleck for a director nomination. Because he won the BAFTA, didn't he? He did win the BAFTA for that. And uh, it's my first time watching it. Uh, I have to say, Colin, like, hmm. this... The story is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what an incredible story. I was watching it, it was like, gee, is this Tony Mendes? Is this guy? I can't believe it's real. Like, the fact that it's based on a true story it makes it even more surreal. Like, it's it's just an incredible story. I'm surprised it took such a long time for people to actually want to make this film. Uh, I suppose he didn't announce it out yet. It was only released as, it was only declassified recently, right? So, it was declassified fairly recently, but yeah, I think, um, particularly since Hollywood loves films about Hollywood, uh, it was surprising that even the second it was declassified, they're not like, right, well, let's make this film. But yeah, it's, it's amazing, as you say, they, they basically um, pretend they're all parts of this crew, script writer, production assistant, blah, 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 uh, making this effectively a Star Wars knockoff in Iran. Um, what do you think? Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it already. I, I'm a bit sad that I didn't watch it when it came out because mm. it's a fantastic film. It really is. Like, it, it's a very good thriller. It puts you at the edge of the seats the whole time mm. uh, from beginning to the end. Even though you know how the, the ending was because obviously they wouldn't make a film if they didn't save the hostages and if you go Wikipedia you'll, you'll find out that all the hostages escaped hmm. in the end as well so you know how it ends but even so it's so tense isn't it and, and it is so they tense did, um, so there's, there's a big uh, airport rush at the end and all this kind of against a ticking clock and all this uh, which was uh, slightly embellished apparently although this is a phenomenal true life story I think they made it a bit more um, dramatic towards the end I think they were 
uh, got away with that too much worry. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's two hours. It feels a lot shorter. It feels it just absolutely zips by. Uh, if you love the 70s, then this is your chance to see the hair and the glasses. Let me tell you, everyone's glasses are, uh, are bigger than uh, the Eiffel Tower. They're phenomenal. Um, I think they look great, though. I, I think Ben Affleck looks, looks really great in this film, actually. I think he should do the whole beard thing more often. <laughs> yeah, he does not have a bit of tension in this film, Ben Affleck. Mm. Um, I, I know you mentioned the last bit in the airplane, airport bit, but I think that part was the part where I didn't enjoy the most oh really okay. yeah because it became too nonsensical like I knew right after I was watching that, that it can't be true that they were chasing down the airplane in their cars in their jeeps it's ridiculous it's the most it, it right, just looked, right, right. Listening, it just put through me off the film in that sense like uh, I, I, I would just be happy if they just got through right. but the fact that he had to put in that bit made me yeah, I didn't like that bit at all. That was the okay. only part of the film which I didn't Cause like. Because that whole, I mean, I, I see what you mean about the, that final bit, but the whole build-up where they're kind of they're being questioned and I guess the, yes, the plane like not to go and the um, they're trying to get agreement from the president and all this stuff to actually do this thing. It, uh, yeah, the tension there, just so well done. Which um, I've seen a couple of Ben Affleck's films uh, and they've not, this is, yeah, never been near this height. It, it was a really good time for him. He obviously had a few difficult years since, but uh, this was really good. Uh and I say this is the time that Brian Cranston was in everything. He somehow gets second billing in this film, despite uh, not being huge. I think Alan Arkin, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Alan Arkin and John Goodman are, are fantastic, and uh, as these kind of cynical uh, Hollywood types. Yeah, movie producers. My one complaint about this film is the, the, the ongoing joke: "Argo, f yourself." Should we say? Because <laughs> it's a family podcast, which they must have said like seven times. Like we get it, we get it. <laughs> Ah, oh, this is uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great film. There you go, the twenty twelve film. Uh, when uh, you go and go and check it out, it's uh, it's yeah. a really good one. Um, and one of them, after a few uh, older films we've looked at, it's nice to see a slightly more uh, uh, recent one. Uh, so next time we'll be doing actor factor, where we look at films with particular actor, and you'll be surprised we've not done this guy yet. I think mm-hmm. um, I was surprised at least. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, okay, uh, yeah, the, the internet's favourite Canadian. He really is. Everyone uh, loves him. Who, although Zijan wasn't interested, is apparently buying Wrexham Football Club, which still blows my mind. Anyway, uh, um, so we'll look I at the. I I cut it out from the last podcast. Did you? So. Oh, dear. Well, it's in. It's in this one. I'm editing this one, <laughs> and it's staying. Uh, so we move on to the quiz. Then on the films of Sofia Coppola, I am one ahead for the year, Zijan. It's the first time I've been ahead, I think. Yes. Um, but over to you. Uh, so, question one: What were the names of the two main protagonists in Lost in Translation? Oh boy! <laughs> the thing is, I know you've seen a lot of these films because Kristen Dunst in all the films. Um, you'd be surprised, actually. I've not seen many of them. Um, I have seen this one, um, hmm. and it's definitely Scott Johansson and Bill Murray. But what are they called? No, I'm not going to have a clue. So I'm going to say Kira and John. <laughs> is it Bob and Charlotte? I was, I was close. I wasn't close. <laughs> Uh, the Bling Ring was based on a 2010 article from which magazine? Uh, was it Vogue? It was not. It was Vanity Fair. Ah, dang it. Uh, Sofia Coppola and Kirsten Dunst have had many collaborations, as you know. Mm. But in which film of Sofia's did Kirsten appears as herself? Ooh. That's most likely to be The Bling Ring, I would say. That is correct. The Bling Ring. Um... The Virgin Suicides was set in Michigan, but filmed in which Canadian city? 
Toronto. It was Toronto. Um, I, what I didn't mention when we were talking about Argo is that that is the film where I discovered that Canadians don't pronounce the, the second T the in T. Toronto. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, when, I, when I visited Toronto a couple of years ago, I annoyed my brother endlessly by uh, calling it Toronto. He didn't like it. Uh, question three for me. Who played King Louis XVI of France in Marie Antoinette? I have seen that film. I don't remember even slightly. Charles Dance. Nope, it's uh, her cousin or uncle, Jason Schwartzman. Hmm. Um, which former Friends co-star narrated the Virgin Suicide and played a key supporting role in Lost in Translation? Anna Faris? Uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, I know Anna Faris was in <laughs> Lost in Translation as well, but okay. uh, oh well. Uh, question four for me. Sofia Coppola and a French band Phoenix have also had many collaborations, okay. given that Sofia is married to a lead singer. Uh, but in which film of hers did they have an acting credit? Uh, was it Lost in Translation? Nope. It was in the only musical film, A Very Murray Christmas. Oh, uh, Marie Antoinette won an Oscar for what? Uh, best costume. Yes, it was costume design. Uh, question five. Uh, Sofia Coppola has directed, written, and produced all of her films except her debut, The Virgin Suicides. Name one of the co-producers of The Virgin Suicides. Ooh. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was quoting there because I knew yeah, yeah, it's that. guessable. It's guessable. Ooh, it's too old. If you get this one right, Dijan, then you have won this one. Um, during which war is the beguiled set? It's the Civil War, right? It is um, what the what Wikipedia carelessly calls the Civil War, which I'm calling the American Civil War. <laughs> the American, we've yeah. had our own Civil War, all right? This is where the Confederates and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a it's a win. and it puts us level for the year. Um, next time, I think I don't think we've done this yet. Uh, we are quizzing on the Sean Connery James Bond films. I know we've done the Daniel Craig ones. I don't think we've done the Sean Connery ones. Uh, what is James Bond stuff? What um, is? <laughs> Hey, this 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 would have been topical if they hadn't moved the film again. <laughs> uh, and what's our main topic for next time, Jason? Uh, we are looking at the Trial of Seven, um, the Aaron Sorkin film on Netflix. Uh, very close. The Trial of Chicago Seven. Close, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Uh, fine, all these films are being cancelled from cinemas, but they're not going to cancel them from Netflix. That's how we're getting. That's why we're hoping for anyway. Yeah, I'll see you then. Bye.